Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Inna alhamdulillah. Inna alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'afiru wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billah min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina. Man yahtihillah falamudillala wa man yudlilhu falahadiyala. ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في كتابه العزيز ومن الناس من يشري نفسه بتغاء مرضات الله Wallahu ra'ufun bil'ibad. Wa qala ta'ala, wa qala al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ajaban li amri al-mu'min, inna amrahu kullahu lahu khair, wa laysa thalika illa lil-mu'min, aw kama qal alayhi salatu wa salam. Today, brothers and sisters, my khutbah is about finding purpose through calamity. It is not the calamity that is our biggest, that threatens us the most. But the most dangerous thing and the hardest thing to deal with is a calamity that we go through and we don't find meaning and we don't find purpose in. The verses that I recited were revealed about an incident in the seerah of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. After the Prophet ﷺ had migrated from Mecca to Medina, there were still a few Sahaba remaining, just a few, that had to tie up loose ends. One of which was Suhaib al-Rumi, radiallahu ta'ala an. Suhaib al-Rumi set out to leave. He was a man of wealth and notoriety, so he set out to go and leave the city of Mecca, headed for Medina. And as he was leaving, a group of thugs from Quraysh, they stopped him. And they said, where do you think you're going? You came to us, Sa'luka, you came to us unknown, no family, no nothing. You're Suhaib al-Rumi. You came and we allowed you to be one of us, earn money. And now you're just going to leave here? We can't let that happen. 
It was in this moment that Suhaib al-Rumi had to make a choice. It was in this calamity that Suhaib al-Rumi radiallahu ta'ala an had to leave his mark on humanity and on history. In this moment, Suhaib al-Rumi, he says to them, here I stand with my bow and arrow. I am the best shot you guys know. I won't miss my mark. There are more than, of you than my arrows, but I won't miss the ones that I shoot. You can either have that or back in Mecca, I'll tell you about my wealth, where I buried it. I was hoping to come back to it one day, but I'll tell you where it is and you allow me to go on my way. Today's khutbah is about finding purpose through calamity. See, without the calamity, we find that as we look through history, the most pro profound expressions of insaniya, the most profound expressions of what it truly means to be an ibad of Allah, a servant of Allah, has only come in the form of patience and resilience and moral uprightness in the face of calamities. It is in the face of the calamities that we, we fight back against what the malaika said when we were created. The malaika, they said, They protested our very creation. And they said to Allah, are you going to create this, this, this insan, this man, who will shed blood and sow corruption on the earth? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I know what you know not. And I believe that what we are proving is that when calamity hits us, we respond in the most upright way. We persevere. And despite the difficulties, we stay true to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this moment of difficulty, Suhaib al-Rumi, he proved to the malaika, he said, if you want, you can have my wealth. If you want, you can have my wealth. Of course, that's all they wanted. So he took them back to Mecca. He showed them where it was buried. They dug it up and they led him on his way. The story isn't over. The story isn't over. It was this calamity that marked him down in the annuals of history by which 1,400 years later we are remembering this amazing person. It was this calamity that made him find his purpose. He walks into Medina. And as he walks into Medina, the Prophet ﷺ, just imagine you've given up everything. What have you worked for for 20, 30, 40 years, but you just gave it all up to be with Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You gave it all up. You're walking and you're thinking, I'm starting from scratch. Think about that for a moment. New town, nothing. He walks into Medina and the Rasul, before he can open his mouth, the Prophet ﷺ recognized that Suhaib al-Rumi had left his mark on history in this moment through the calamity. Do you know what he said? 
He looked at Suhaib al-Rumi radiallahu an and he smiled. Rabihat tijaratuk. Good, good trade. Good business transaction, Suhaib. Good deal. Rabiha, meaning you profited. Your apparent loss wasn't loss. You will be remembered from this moment on for eternity. Until the day of judgment, people will come on the member and say, Suhaib al-Rumi radiallahu an. And if they don't, they will at least read the verses. Allah revealed the verses about him. But it was the calamity in which he found his purpose. Look at your hands. Everyone, look, look at your hands. Look down at your fingertips. Look closely at them. And I want you to think about this. From the beginning of creation until this present moment, and until the day of judgment, there will be no one with your exact fingerprint. That is because no one can leave the same mark on the world that you can. The mark that you leave in this world is not the mark left by your ease and affluence. The mark that you leave in the world will be the mark you leave by how you persevere the calamities that you go through. There was a Imam Asbahani. He narrates of a Irani wazir. I know I would butcher his name, but I'll try his... Uh, Buzur Jumur was his name. And uh, he was an Irani Hakim. And he went through a lot of difficulties in his life, but he was known for his wisdom. <coughs> he was asked one day, he was asked, how did you get through your nakaba, your difficulty you went through? And he said, there were four things that I always remembered to get through my calamity. Four things. Today's khutbah is about finding purpose through calamity. He said there were four things. He said the first thing that I always reminded myself in my calamity. Qadha and qadr, they must go through. The, what Allah has written, what Allah has ordained must happen. What this means is that in every calamity we come to a great realization. Or we must remind ourselves something. That he is Alim, he is Hakim, and he is Qadir. He is all-knowing, he is all-wise, and he is all-able. The word for calamity in Arabic, as we know, is a musibah. Which comes from the word asabt. To mean it hit its mark, it was not random. The calamity in your life was to help you find your purpose. He said, so I always remembered the qadr and qadha must happen. What Allah has written will happen. Number two, he said, I always said to myself, قُلْتُ لِنَفْسِي إِلَّمْ أَصْبِرْ فَمَا أَصْنَعْ He said, I would say to myself, if I don't show patience in this difficulty, if I am not patient in this moment, if I don't control myself, what will I do? Will I throw a tantrum like a child? What will I do in this moment if I don't show patience? 
As I mentioned, before I go to the other ones, the angels, they said, Are you going to place this human being that will sow corruption? And I said, no, we are not going to shed blood and sow corruption in the earth, but rather we will respond in an angelic way to the hardships of this world. Allah says, I knew, know what you don't know. What did he know? A few examples. He knew that a man would be sent with a message from God. A man, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who would be known as Al-Amin al-Sadiq. A man who would be mocked and ridiculed by his tribe and family. A man whose family members would be targeted because of his message. His own daughters were divorced because of his message. A man whose friends would be tortured in front of his eyes for his message. A man whose family members would die. Abu Talib and Khadija, which broke his heart. A man who would be kicked out of his homeland. I tell you again, the calamities are not to break you, but to make you. The calamities are for you to leave your imprint on the world because it is unique from every other human being that will ever walk the face of the earth. A man whose uncle or uncle was killed in the most horrific way. And a man who after all of that, when he came back into Mecca victorious, he repeated the words of another great man that faced calamities and he said, La tathriba alaykum al -yawm. No blame on you today. You're all free. Antum Calamities don't break you. They make you. You must find purpose in them. Allah knew that there would be a, a great woman who would prove to the angels what we human beings could be. A woman who would live in a house of the most violent tyrant to walk the face of the earth. A woman who would choose not to be defined by her environment around her, but rather to be remembered by how she responded to her environment. Her name was Asiya. He knew that the likes of Ahmed bin Hanbal would come, whose name we remember to today. And what do we remember him for? We remember him for his response to calamities. Ahmed bin Humble was tested. Political pressure to give in to the trends and the thinkings of the political powers that may be. And he did something for us. He gave us an example of how to resist political pressure, but it won't be easy. But you will leave your mark on humanity. Ahmed bin Hanbal lived at a time when the political powers may be wanted to impress an idea upon people. Ahmed bin Hanbal said, I don't care what king says what. What you're saying is incorrect. They said, well, you're going to have to suffer because of that. And he says, well, bring it on. We do hard things, as we say. So he went through this difficulty and he was lashed, whipped publicly flogged. Imagine the humiliation. Imagine the difficulty. 
Imagine the anger inside. But there was none of that. He was asked after, how did you feel after every flogging? He said, after every one I forgave the flogger. He said, I know what you don't know. There will be the likes of Ahmed bin Humble who will leave his mark on history by responding to calamities and finding purpose in those difficulties. It is not the calamity that defines you, but your response and finding meaning in the calamity. Ahmed bin Hanbal was then put in jail. And to really bring the point home, he said in the most beautiful words to his students who were empathizing for his pain. And he said, don't be sad for me. They can't do anything to me. If they kill me, it's shahada. This is not some weird self-gaslighting. This is reality. He says, wherever they kill me, it's shahada. If they put me in jail, he says, itikaf. <laughs> Whatever they, he said, my garden walks with me. It's in my heart. They can't take that away. And in that moment, he trailblazed and, and showed us what insaniya meant. It does not mean a life without struggles. Quite the contrary. What you want in life is a life full of meaningful struggles. Then you will have lived a life. This great Irani wazir, he said, there were four things that I remembered to get myself through the difficulties. I've gone through two of them. The third, he said, was, I said to myself while I was going through the calamity, He said, I used to say to myself, well, it could be worse. I used to say, well, it could be worse. This is where we find that the believer in Allah is quite different. A different breed, a different type of DNA running in us. As per the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, he said it more eloquently. He said, Ajaban li amaril mu'min. Believers are weird, strange, interesting. How so? Inna amarahu kullahu lahu khair. In everything they find meaning, in everything they find purpose. That super optimistic coworker you got. Well, it looks like we get some extra hours of work today. What? What's wrong with you? That's the believer. The believer is, is weird. The Rasul Sallallahu says, Ajiban, Ajib. Nothing puts him or her down. The Prophet Sallallahu says, and that is a quality of only someone who truly believes in Allah. And what is that quality? In the Sabatu Dharra. Hardship comes. Got to muscle up. Got to be strong here. Here we go. Allah wants to teach me something. Make me, not break me, make me in this moment. So that years from now when people, here's the deal. Perseverance, sabr, 
requires you to understand that you are not alone on the journey. When I ran my first 5K, I couldn't have done it. But I had someone next to me. He's sitting in the room over there. And he said to me, Sheikh, you're not, I'm not running this for me. I'm running for you today. And every step I took and I felt like quitting, I would look next to him. He's like, no, we got to keep going. And I kid you not, I would have stopped early. But it was knowing there was someone by my side, looking in front of me, seeing people running, looking behind me, seeing people running, looking left and right and having someone by my side. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, every day in the prayer we say, Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Oh Allah, keep us persevering on this path. Keep us going. Guess what? It's like a marathon. Sometimes you feel like quitting. But there's another verse. Sirat al-ladheena anam allahu alayhim min al-nabiyyin wa siddiqeen wa shuhada wa salihin wa hasuna ula'ika rafiqa. In another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delineates who else is on this marathon. Who else is running? Ibn Qayyim al-Jawzi, he says, this is his words, not mine. He says, the reason Allah tells us who's on that path is because sometimes you feel like you're alone on this journey. But when you know you got somebody by your side, you can take the next step. Who else is on this journey of perseverance? This journey of dying for the sake of Allah and going through calamities and losing everything you got, home, kids and family and prestige, even country. Who else has walked this path? Allah tells you, you're not alone. Nabiyin walked this path before. The righteous people. The people of truth. And then at the end of the verse, Allah says, just to put a cherry on top. And that's the best crew to roll with. That's the best run club. Inside joke, everyone don't get it. That's the best crew. You're not alone. You're wearing your hijab at work. You're rocking your sunnah on the campus. You're praying where no one else prays. You feel alone in that moment. Allah says, you're not alone. You will leave a mark on this world by how you respond to calamities. And years from now, someone will read about you struggling through your mother's sickness, struggling through an abusive father, struggling through not being able to get a job. They will hear about you and they will say, I can do it too. May Allah make his people who persevere.